I'd like to welcome everybody online to Noah's Animal Choir. It's actually a beautiful thing when the animal doth sing. It has a nice ring. It's some kind of new thing. Because we're in this place. We're in the days of Noah. Pretend like I'm a clean animal. Like, yeah, my flesh is really clean. Look at my outside, man. Coo, coo, coo. I'm the white dove. Coo, 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 coo. from the alligator section. And the snakes do sing. Look at Starburst in the back. He's literally on the stage. He was staring right at me like, that's a beautiful, beautiful animal choir. I'm a part of it too. The animal was given a voice. Kumbaya. The Mount of Transfiguration is where you lose your carnal mind. <laughs> and you gain the mind of Christ. 
Yeah, hallelujah. I got a verse for it somewhere in the Bible. At this point, you could pretty much read any of it. There's so much glory that if you just randomly flip open your pages and take a hit, you're going to get blasted. The Lord was speaking to me about perfect darkness. <laughs> and I know the Pharisees immediately are an antagonist and they say, In God there is no darkness at all. That's not what the Bible says actually. Psalms 18, he dwells in the dark cloud and the place of his death, the Good Friday, where our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was crucified. Hallelujah! At noonday, Josephus writes, it was as midnight in complete and total darkness, for Satan was defeated by darkness, not light. <laughs> Read your Bibles. If Satan is defeated at the cross, now let your demons just die with me tonight, okay? Because this will deliver a lot of you from the religious spirit of Luciferian second heaven starlight that you're struggling and wrestling against in your carnal soulish nature as it is in the days of Noah. So we're going to kill the animals in the days of Noah inside the ark of the Father's heart. And the Father's heart transforms the animal nature into an angelic nature like a cocoon or a metamorphosis through the cross. Nobody can be my disciple unless they pick up their cross. The cross is when midday, according to scripture and history, became as complete and total night. Because the brain thinks light is second heaven stars. But that's as deceived as it gets. You cannot be more deceived than thinking creation is light. That's the pinnacle of the curse of the fall. The Holy Spirit alone is light. There is no light in the world except the Holy Spirit. And I don't want to know any lights about you except Christ and Him crucified to death, which means the only legal light that you are allowed to have in your souls and in your minds and in your bodies and in your blood is the light of his glory that blots out the noonday sun. So if we preach the cross, false light, religious Luciferian angels of light get annihilated and killed in this place by the cross of Jesus Christ crucified to death at Calvary. This is the end of idolatry. Jezebel, Abaddon, Apollyon, Leviathan, and every other thing they can be named. Because all Satan has is the natural realm of idolatry, and if you kill it with Calvary, all that's left is the Holy Ghost, which is called our promised land. Hallelujah. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha.
Thank you for the promised land of your glory. Thank you for the promised land of the cross. So, a temptation is allowing false light in the mind. Religion is a light that dies when the cross is applied to the mind. That's why true light is persecuted. That's why true light is misunderstood. That's why true light or the glory light is appalling to those who are conscious of self and putting religious ideas, even revelations about God, into the flesh. For when the cross is actually applied as the altar of Jerusalem to that person, anything that's not stored in the riches of His glory, in the true light, in the Spirit, is taken from them and they suffer total loss, the Bible says, through weeping and gnashing of teeth. Which means, if I'm not storing up revelations in my spirit, I'm not building on the solid rock. If I'm storing up treasures in my soul, in my mind, I'm delusional. So we need more cross, less mind, less soul, and less delusion. Less second heaven's light, and more glory light, which means more cross. The cross must grow in your hearts. What is the cross? The morning star rising in your hearts by the prophetic word. The word of God is the wood of God that never decays. It is also known as the tree of life. A tree of the blood of Jesus. It's still outpouring his life, his precious blood in this place. And just say, I'm in this place. Yeah, barely. Barely even there. I'm barely here, Jesus. I cannot be reached, but I'm barely in this place. Give us a trance relocation into the place of your cross. Like people want to go to the Garden of Eden, I don't. You know what we need? We need to go to Calvary. Ha 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 ha. That'll get every animal soul that's unslaughtered by love nervous real quick. How much of me is gonna die tonight? How much of me is gonna die tonight. We're singing death song and standing at death's door. Death to self, life to Christ. We blame the devil for death, but it's an altar for our sins to be taken away. If we believe in Jesus today, we'll be swept away into the glory. And there's greater glory still. <laughs> and they said he sang like an angel. That's what the deceivers are saying. <laughs> Sounds more like a drunk seagull. 
or Schmeagle. <laughs> Holy Ghost, help us die tonight and fly tonight. Nobody finds life unless they find death with Jesus. The darkness of your day. You want day to dawn. We need a baptism of the cross. We need a baptism of death much more thoroughly, constantly, completely, totally, in our hearts, in our minds. You throw that wood into your belly, guess what happens? It sweetens the waters. How many of y'all know that the tongue is the rudder of the ship? And whatever the tongue is connected to, whatever the pool of water, be it wormwood, or be it the glory of God, the crystal sea, that is what you'll speak through thee. In bondage, or be set free. So if your tongue is speaking out of bitter waters, and if you have roots in your bowels that aren't compassion, the Bible says in 1 John, King James Version, that you need to loose your bowels of compassion for the living waters to flow. Genesis says in the day that Noah was 600, 600 is the number of warfare, Yay! Oh yes! Oh, music to my ears! But it's a wonderful warfare of Calvary, and so that's where the birds, the beasts, the reptiles go to die. Because you have a trading floor in an altar of Jesus Christ that you can trade your death for life. But don't think you can do it from a distance like the cowards that weren't even there. You're gonna be Mary Company, Johnny Boy Company. You'll be under that fountain, you'll be climbing up there with the Roman soldier. He's like, give me a hand, I need to crawl up there with the Lamb of God. Go ahead, pound in a couple more nails too. Amen. And you just get absorbed into his crucified heart today. And you don't have anything left of you except, oh, the precious flow that makes me white as snow. Amen. <laughs> and it will totally sweeten your personality. It will bring your brain into the Garden of Eden where you're no longer insane. In the membrane. Because you are dead to self and alive to the one who entered the joy. God's looking for glorified personalities. His eyes go to and fro the earth in his omnipresence so he can manifest his visible presence. Amen? There's an omnipresence looking with the eyes of God for a place that he can materialize through a crucified, buried, and baptized in death of Calvary people, a Johnny Boy Mary Girl company that is totally slaughtered with the Lamb of God in his death, so that the resurrection of his visible manifest Shekinah presence can be materialized as a glory cloud in this place. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, squinty-eyed Joe. 
You got that Cheech and Chong glory, brother. Oh, it was costly. Did I help him carry his cross? Hell no. I have no idea how I got here. I've been kidnapped. My picture is on a milk carton box somewhere. In Jesus' name, how dare you say the name of H-E double hockey sticks at a, in the presence of a holy God. I tell you what, he's not a religious demon you serve. <laughs> yeah, thee before thine except after thou, devil. <laughs> Does anybody drink coffee in this place? Does anybody have an espresso virtual line? One person? That's it? Two? I have an espresso, not the big ones. <laughs> Let's all extend our hands towards Andrew. Pray for his album, it's coming out on Apple Music. Andrew Stern sings the gospel. Coming soon to the Apple Store. <laughs> then you'll be able to get a virtual line. <laughs> All right. You think this is some kind of religious ritual, but it's a free coffee giveaway. You guys don't even know where you are. I think you have a virtual line because it's mine. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a regular coffee roaster with a grinder? No? Yeah. You, I know you guys do. There's one for you and one for you. Do you have a coffee machine and roaster? Do you have a virtual line? Coffee needs. Hey man. Hallelujah. Hey man. Let's just give the Lord Jesus a hand clap. Help us get more drunk. I, oh Jesus, oh mind-numbing powers. Listen here, this is what the Holy Spirit says. I don't need a fancy way of communicating it. I get so drunk I can't teach or preach, and that's the way it should be in the glory. 
When the Gloria comes, Ruth Heflin says, There goes the teaching and preaching. Good thing you had 5,000 teachings beforehand, because when the Gloria comes, there's no more teaching. You know, that, it's true. And so the greater glory is coming, and there will be no more teaching. And I know you people are nervous out there. Be like, what, a, what about sound doctrine? Oh my God. Oh, Jesus, what are we going to do? I'll just burn up my, my BS degree. Bachelor's in John Jingle Jingleheimer Schmidt. That's my name too. Whenever I go out, the people always shout, "Burn him alive! Hang him up on the overpass! Douse him in gasoline! A human torch! Like the black townships during apartheid party! We call it Burning Man Festival." In the glory. What do you guys think, man? Get your minds renewed. It's a celebration of death in this place. <clears throat> a mountain of transfiguration revealed how the flesh of the apostles was so alive that their carnal-minded intelligences let us build three shelters. <laughs> One for Elijah. I'm sure it didn't sound that nice. <laughs> One for Moses. One for Jesus. Jesus only gets the same portion as his creatures. He's just a man like us. Carnal mind is so crazy that when the glory comes, it shuts down, and if it does talk, it sounds like the madness of an animal. <laughs> Not this glorious service here tonight that is decently in an order. <laughs> but when the glory comes, the carnal mind is actually killed, and it can't function, it has to go back down the mountain, and it gets into religious activity called church building, and church planting, and all of the garbage you call Christian ministry that ain't ministry at all because the ministry is the glory cloud on the top of the mountain that crucifies the flesh and blood and brain nature so that the father can do the house and the works and build the house and the laborers not labor in vain hallelujah so the kingdom age is a place of people that have died on the mountain the church age was a place where we're still kind of the Levites and the workers because, you know, I'm something special. I'm helping God out here in my animal nature. And so the flesh is always trying to help God because it's totally deceived. But on the mountain, flesh dies. And the deception dies, the delusion dies. And the Father is a, te is a teacher. So don't think that just because I died on the mountain, the Father isn't teaching, because the glory teaches you all things pertaining to the glory. The anointing teaches you all things pertaining to the anointing. The Holy Spirit teaches you all things pertaining to His manifestations. Jesus will teach you all things pertaining to His manifestations, and the Father Himself will teach you according to the Father's manifestations. So the Trinity is teaching you how to be heavenly 
every day, which means no longer earthly in any way. But unless you're on the mountain, you are not actually trading with God your earthly nature for your heavenly nature. So the mountain is called Calvary. Picking up your cross and following him in elevations of death to self and life to Christ. Most people come to a level on the mountain and they say, I'm good here. This is a place where my mind can still take care of my family, take care of my business, take care of me. I don't really need faith for anything. I'm just here on the mountain and I'm saved and I have fire insurance. I'm confident in all of this, but I'm going to settle here. I'm going to build on the side of the mountain and God allows that person to be that far away from his city and from his throne for eternity because heaven is a gigantic place of an inner court, an outer court, and a city and a holy of holies. It is true. So we want to go deeper into the glory. We want to die more to our intelligence. We want to die more to our animal. And we want the angel of God, I am whom I serve, to be completely and totally manifest through my soul in every layer, in every degree, vertically and horizontally in the full release of my Father's glory. This is the manifestation of the sons of God on top of the mountain of God, which is nothing less than Calvary. Amen. And then I nice little strum at the end there. It was the night before Christmas and all through the house. <laughs> Nothing was stirring, not even a mouse. <laughs> I love the thickness of the silence before the shearers. <laughs> the animal has unbelief in it that needs entertainment, performance, second heaven's light. But when the angel of God is formed within, there's this contentment, this rest, this peace inside the soul, inside the skull. In ancient times, they found these skulls, they called them the crystal skulls, and some believe it was the very bones of Adam and Eve and the first families. It's possible. There's nothing in them anymore, because their spirit flew away. But to live 930 years, you got to be a little different than having horse flesh, right? Obviously. So there's a gemstone flesh coming from the gemstone revelations of the value of the Word of God in your spiritual stomachs, storing up treasures in your spirit, valuing the intelligence of your spirit more highly than your brain. Valuing the intelligence of the Holy Spirit as all that remains inside this body. So for years you get undone 
out of the animal's intelligence. It's not just Peter up there acting the fool in the glory of God. It's everyone who gets sanctified and set apart for the mind of Christ acting a total animal out of their mind, insane, on the mountain of transfiguration. Guaranteed. For years, usually. They call it revival. <laughs> revival is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit through flesh. It's all flesh. Which means it's the Spirit going through your bodies. It's as carnal as it gets. <clears throat> when light hits your bodies, you go completely wild. Amen? <laughs> True, then, yeah. Revival's all flesh. Because the Word is made flesh, and the stuff that don't like the Word starts coming out, burning out. Is it demons coming out? It's everything coming out. It's the whole universe blazing through you until only the Father's glory cloud by the Word of God that your spirit values, that's written by the Holy Ghost in your spirit, is materializing through your souls as the very angel of God is formed in you. Well, it's the truth anyhow. People say, where's this angel stuff? They get nervous about the angel of God stuff. They're, we're comfortable enough with external angelic ministry, but we haven't transitioned into the kingdom age to fully embrace the angel of God within ministry, which is accurately what spiritual maturity in the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus is, that there's zero animal left. It's only angel left on the inside which is the only thing that legally has entitlement and right to the rulership of the universe is a mature spiritual stature of an angel of God, like Stephen with the glowing face, although the stones couldn't kill one this mature. You can't kill someone who's indestructible in the crucified Christ simultaneously in resurrection outflowing power from the throne of the Lamb. The Bible says that man, Jesus, cannot be killed a second time in the book of Hebrews. So if you can die, you're not very deep in the glory. Amen? So we're going to test that out with some snake handling. Maybe drink some deadly poison. Uh, Jamestown, eat your heart out. The animals get nervous when you talk about the Kool-Aid. <laughs> if there's any Secret Service CIA or, CIA or FBI agents watching that are really concerned about the Red Letter Ministries cult, <laughs> that was a joke. Ha 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 ha. I don't see anything funny about people dying. Well, if you can't laugh at death, death's got you in its grip. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The crucifixion of Jesus conquered death at Calvary. I'll tell you the truth, no one's overcome death unless they can laugh in the face of Lucifer. If you can't laugh in the face of murderers, I had to do it in Teen Challenge. They locked me up with cold-blooded murderers and gangsters. They wanted to kill me. You know, and I was skinnier back then and smaller, 18 years old, locked up with felons and cold-blooded killers and gangsters. One third of the program was court ordered and most of these guys were just wanting to get out of their prison sentence. And it was really intense. I mean, gigantic thugs. And I remember this one thug that was just nasty. This dude was like 260 pounds. I mean, and people had whispered to me, that dude killed someone. You know, it was like the, the little 
whispering demons in your ears to make you afraid before you have the encounter with the principality. That principality killed 60 million people. Oh boy, I'm shaking in my boots. Holy Ghost, thank you. Yes, please. Bless her. Bless her, Lord. Hello. Mmm. Oh, what's in that? <laughs> Frothing at the mouth. <laughs> so, last Joel's bar, they poisoned me on live camera. Because I just said they'll drink deadly poison and it will not harm them. How much strychnine did you put in that? <laughs> Same amount as Jim Jones. <laughs> Had no effect on me, actually increased my glory. <laughs> now we got some of these mentally ill ones that go to Home Depot and buy rat poison. <laughs> my hands are clean of all of them, like Pontius Pilate. I just release that as a disclaimer right now. People come in and they hear the parables of wisdom and it talks about wisdom killing beasts and actually you know they're burying their dog in the backyard. <laughs> Guess they misunderstood that verse. And you think man I, no one could misunderstand the Bible. All deception down here is the misunderstanding of the Word of God. All delusion is the misunderstanding of God. All mental illness is the misunderstanding of the Holy Spirit and His Word. All poverty is the misunderstanding of the Holy Spirit and His Word. Okay? Any area where you're not perfected is a place where you don't understand the Holy Spirit or His Word. Because it's the understanding of the Holy Spirit that lifts up your souls into the glory. Amen? The Bible says, Get wisdom, and though it costs you your Luciferian nature, get understanding. I mean, it seems like a pretty, pretty reasonable price to give up your idolatry to go back into heaven, but people get offended because they're full of Satan in their head. And they're like, I'm not going any higher. God the Father is crazy up there. I'm good right here about middle of the mountain with the other disciples. Peter, James, and John are higher than me. I'm not even offended by it because I don't want to die up there. They're down at the base of the mountain with Israel eating pita and hummus, raisin cakes, thinking about going to the fish market pretty accurate thinking about where am I gonna eat after tonight's service which DoorDash service am I gonna deliver and then post a screenshot of the prophetic name down at the base of the mountain amen David delivered my Taco Bell I must be in right standing with God maybe if I get a GT I'll be expunged. <laughs> How about if I get the glory, I'll become a sponge. 
I got good news. <laughs> Octopuses have been around for millions of years. Doing just fine without a brain. Or jellyfishes. Oh yeah, octopuses have brains. It's an unclean animal. They're dumber because they have a brain. You know, the more brainless you get, the smarter you get. Can you figure that one out? The more your brain burns clear, which means less flesh, the more your spiritual intelligence comes from God who's omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent. You know what omniscient means? All glowing. No, not all knowing, all glowing. The brightness of divine intelligence, not like the blightness of animal intelligence, or like. But I have an illumination from the angels that fell from heaven in the second heavens, and I'm better than you. I don't think you've been credentialed or ordained, brother. First thing that needs to die is your intelligence if you ever want to fly in the glory. Now, the Mount of Transfiguration is Calvary, and so as you climb, you're stretched in your mind, and the mind loses control and it gets slippery. So most people turn back because they're afraid, and you go back, and I mean, I think I've done that a thousand times, you just kind of slide down, be like, because it's too difficult, the higher dimensions, I don't have faith for it, I don't have enough revelation to sustain my soul in a place where my brain goes clear as if I don't even have a soul or a brain. Because the cross is the total annihilation of the soul and the brain for the soul and brain of Jesus to appear in your midst as your very person, becoming completely and totally unaware of yourself in the glory, in the ability to use the glory to rule the world. And that's actually an accurate portrayal of metamorphosis of the Christian believer climbing Calvary and becoming totally clear for the revealing of the Father's glory. That is how the manifest presence, the Shekinah, comes forth through his soul. So they tasted that in the book of Matthew. I believe it's like chapter 17. They go up the mountain of transfiguration and their carnality was exposed. So as you taste the glory, as you drink the glory, as you hear about the glory, what's exposed? Our carnality. You're not made good-looking, you're made animal-looking. And so that's where we really shrink back and we cover ourselves with the fallen angels at that point, saying, man, I don't, I don't know about all that. I'd rather just be in comfortable, charismatic religion than go into the glory and get undone and be exposed as naked, blind, pitiful, poor, and wretched. <laughs> like the Bible, like Jesus Christ said, I just, I'm going to assess myself and judge myself as fully clothed, rich in glory. I have a seer gift, a seer anointing. I'm wise beyond my years and, you know, flipping A, I'm an apostle. Or whatever title you call yourself. Truth anyhow. And, and that's the truth anyhow. And so, the issue is the Father is everything and we're nothing. 
and we have that theologically we've read that in the book I must decrease he must increase but now when we apply it through practical discipleship and the crucifixion of the soul and the mind and start to see the price that is paid that's when people really shrink back and go away sad being like oh my gosh I will have to be completely selfless in order to be a manifester of the Shekinah glory yeah that's totally obvious in basic discipleship 101 buckwheat <laughs> amen <laughs> and listen the joy of the father killing the animal is what brings forth the sons and daughters of glory it's what brings him joy no flesh can revel in my presence and that doesn't mean that your flesh doesn't go up onto the mountain it means that there will be nothing about the flesh or your hormones or your genetics or your dna or your bone marrow or your hearts or your minds or your personalities or your likes cares or wants or any of it will remain you know you can slip down the mountain and have a mixture of you and him and call yourself holy and sanctified because you tasted the glory and you had a mountaintop experience at Joel's bar or a glory conference or you're watching a lot of Ruth Heflin videos or something like that. <laughs> but now, can you stay on the mountain and actually transform into the Father? You see, this is the place where the Father consumes you, and Jesus had been so consumed that he just turned white as the union with the Father was revealed to the disciples who are just utterly clueless as animals. Even John was just struck mute. You know, he's still wrestling for the best position with James. Am I going to sit at your right or your left? And so, you know, Jesus brought him up there, and instead of seated on the right and the left, they were squabbling and drooled down below like they've been beef stewed or something. We're making John and James soup on the mountaintop. You know, but they had boasted when they were down below apart from the Father's glory, how great they were. We're the, we're the sons of thunder. <laughs> Up on the mountain, they look like the sons of a manure pile, the sons of fertilizer, the sons of garden plants, the sons of a backhoe and a tractor, the sons of John Deere, maybe. But it's easy to boast, apart from the glory of God, that we're the sons of God. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, freaking right, man. I'm here with the bad news. You're gonna die. Your daylight is gonna turn to total darkness. The moon is gonna turn to blood. You're freaking doomed. <laughs> Your animal and all your animal ideas about everything about to burn as just a total swamp of sewage of the underworld of the bowels of the fallen angels. Thanks be to God. Your entire existence about to be incinerated. And God is going to take the cauldron of the soup of the bloodlines and the bowels of the earth and all the waters in your stomachs where your tongues speak from and he's going to boil it in oil and he's going to actually boil the whole world in oil and they're going to squirm it's like you're making a 72 hour broth for ramen and we're going to be watching the ramen documentary on YouTube on the RLM channel of how all of these animals are being thrown into the making of this great broth and the angels are the noodles 
<laughs> the manifestations of the spirit, that's the chives. And the poached egg. Mm -hmm. And then the father puts those 12 mountains of the spices inside this broth. And Chef Jesus is there with his big paddle, moving around just huge body parts. Brains, bones, every part of you. And he's making you into just soup. The seven bowls of revelation. Which is the seven bowls of top ramen. Amen. And after you're good and baked and cooked, the Bible says that he just pours out these bowls. And the oil is going to boil you. You know, they're boiled in oil in the Caesar's day. But John said on Patmos that the whole world would be boiled in oil. Not in spite, not in vengeance, not in retribution, boiled in the anointing oil of divine love, the messianic anointing of the seven blazing torches set under the big pot of earth. You can just see it right now. Earth just inside the pot of God. Amen? That's the pot you want to smoke. Potheads, because it's the heads of nations that are burning the pot of the nations to make a broth that God the Father can drink. I know my papa likes ramen. He's really into Michelin star Japanese food, actually. He likes cheap stuff, too. Not just those fancy places to get all the notoriety. Father likes to dwell in the underground. He's all about quality and passion and love. He's so humble that he'll walk in the places other people don't walk just because there's quality there. The Father is so exceedingly wise that he'll find treasure in darkness. Where people don't see anything, he sees potential. Where people, you know, that's why it's not so much about the front, God sees the heart. He's not reading the magazine cover. He's not reading those that are bribed to just give false reviews of things so that they can make money because God the Father hates greed. He hates idolatry with perfect hatred. He will boil it all in oil and the whole world. He's seen the potential of the excellence of his spirit and his glory poured out on all flesh to who will bring him the quality of the excellence that he deserves as the King. King Jesus and King Father God. Amen. King Yahweh. That's his name. King I am. He is a great king. He is worthy of our top ramen. <laughs> Amen. And so everyone that gives like a $2 offering after Joel's bar, be like, that's two whole packs. You're welcome, Brandon. It's two packs of top ramen. I have fed the armies of God. <laughs> Amen. And not even bitter about it. Listen, man. You can get so sweet in the glory of the Father that you're in heaven and nothing the flesh or the spirit of man does has any influence over your emotions or feelings in any way. You've been fortified in the glory of God today. Through the cross, lifted up, taken away in the spirit of ecstasy. If you can understand the mountain of transfiguration, 
as Calvary. Some people are so new to Christianity, they don't even know what Calvary or Golgotha or Skull Hill is. It's the place where Jesus carried his cross for all of the world's sins, and then he climbed a hill carrying a cross. And I wish I could teach the Bible, but I'm too whacked. <laughs> and so I can just revelate from the glory realm when I'm this caught up. And that's usually how I speak. I really desire to, to really teach all of the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, because I do have a lot of revelation of the Bible. But when, it, when the glory of God is released on the public stage, it's usually so wild to make people drink the things of heaven, to come into different realms so that their own Bible study time has the Holy Spirit light upon it, so they're illuminated with the manifestations of the Holy Spirit to read God's Word. All the manifestations of the Holy Spirit should give you a huge desire to read the pages of the Bible. Because when you read it, it immediately becomes upgrades and updates, like you're excited to go from Windows 1995 to Windows 11 overnight. Some people are like running on 8-bit Nintendo, and God the Father is about to give you a PlayStation 5. Digital or Blu-ray edition, either one. For free, because he likes you. You're like, wow, I'll take that. I'm into video games. <laughs> the Father enjoys relating to us in the midst of our weird American cultures. Even though his culture is so ancient and unchanging, he enjoys the weird stuff that comes out of us. It's weird to him. That's why he calls us a peculiar people. And you're in the world, but not of it. See, we think the things of God and the living creatures and hoofed men with lion's manes are weird, and the Father's like, that's normal, you guys are freaking weird. Down there with the shadows and the Luciferians and carry, carried away with politics and school shootings and whatever dumb thing Joe Biden and the deep states doing controlling your minds. You know, I mean, like, we're just, he thinks it's weird to be controlled by the world, I'll be honest with you. It's not, he's not mad at you about it, but it's weird to him, it's strange behavior. He was looking for his son and daughter, Adam and Eve, in the garden, and he's like, where are you? That was weird to him to have his creation not in his light. It's weird. It's normal to live in the glory. It's normal to be on the Mount of Transfiguration. And however the manifestation happens through your flesh, just a nuclear meltdown of madness. Look at, you know, Peter, he's up there literally with the Father, just a few feet over his head and he acted like a total jackass. A total jackass, you guys. Do you think the father was surprised by these? No, he knows how screwed up we are in our carnal minds and how worldly our minds are controlled by global events and stupid stuff that demons are doing. And we're just looking at darkness instead of like, the father is not surprised by any of it at all, ever. But the fact that you're even there having total meltdown like a goofball is encouraging to the Father that at least there's an approaching of the animal nature to come into the light and burn up. That encourages the Father. It doesn't, he's not there, oh, why couldn't you have said something smart, Peter? Frickin' moron. Build shelters? For God the Father? 
Father's not there, just like, that's it, I'm done. Flick. And you just you find him out on Nibiru with some kind of fallen angel mutilation. Probably the Mayans out there flying around in their second heaven's fallen angel spaceships. And Peter's blood just turned into chlorophyll and he has an elongated skull now. He's like, I'm done with you. You're joining the Mayans and their alien races and the Sumerians who were ab abducted in ancient times of the ancient astronauts. <laughs> no, he doesn't do that. He doesn't turn you into insectoids right away. Some people do, though. Yeah, there's a, there's a demonic metamorphosis. And there's a glory metamorphosis, and I honestly like both of them. I'll just be honest with you. Those that reject the glory, it's fascinating to me how they morph into the images of birds, beasts, and reptiles. Clearly, I, we hate people rejecting God. But as someone who's come out of that dimension of Tartarus, of the sorcerer and warlock that mutilates souls into the image of birds, beasts, and reptiles, I thoroughly understand the process of the realm of the dead. I understand Sumerian sorcery, Aztec Mayan sorcery, human sacrifice, blood mutilation, the blood of the earth, why the fallen angels do the things they do. None of these things you should be unaware of. Maybe if Bobby Connor's watching, he can put me into that section of uh, understanding the angels, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I can have a little couple chapters in there, Bobby. We can talk about demonic metamorphosis and becoming insectoids. That's fun. That's a new level of Tartarus revelation, amen? I'll, you know, the deep secrets of Satan, you can be so fried on the Mount Transfiguration of the Omniscient One, God the Father's glory, and the intelligence of the angel of God, and teaching all this stuff, that the things that demons do in secret in the demonic metamorphosis of those that reject the light of the gospel are just brought into the surface. Oh, so shadows jumped into a, a stupid idiot and killed 11 people in a school shooting? I mean, when have the demons ever not done something stupid? I mean, really, you know? And it turns into some kind of natural thing of regulation and Lucifer and his legalism and his sons and daughters, the lawyers of Freemason government, win when you fight on that level. But if you go into the glory and expose all the works of the fallen angels and all the principalities and you become an actual rival of angelic ability of Jezebel and Abaddon and the Satans named in Enoch and all the ones that are not bound up in the underworld and everlasting chains that are still roaming freely in the second heavens, the principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, and spiritual wickedness in all places that we just conquer everywhere as more than conquerors, that stuff in your angelic nature begins to expose the supernatural realm that has always ruled the natural realm in the shadow world. I mean, really, the Son of God has made manifest to destroy the worst of this stuff is fun. Are you soldiers of Joel's army? Are just spectators judging the theology? I mean, what are we even doing? We're here judging doctrine instead of fighting the good fight of faith. It's like we're fighting inside the house of God over teaching instead of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit destroying the works of the devil. That's why I don't get caught up in all that nonsense. We're too busy advancing the kingdom against actual enemies 
and it does change the world it does change the second heavens it does change the path of the stars and the silver waters of the heavens and it does glorify the heavens it does change the skyline and the cloud line and the firmament over the face of the earth and over all the animals and all flesh and blood over and under every single sky it changes it without your help without your help just by who the father is formed in us by simply going up the mountain and dying to the nature that was given to the fallen angels at the fall all you gotta do is die to the soul which is goat and the flesh which is goat which is reasonable to die to the curse of the fall it's not too hard it's not asking too much and it's actually a wonderful glorious priesthood of melchizedek of the father's righteousness that he practices before his angels because there's no hypocrisy in your heavenly father or in anyone who's been discipled by the father whom he's received as a son through chastisement and scourging of the animal nature the scourging of the flesh and the scourging of the soul is wonderful it's not even painful the chaste virginity of the lamb of god that was slain is the impartation of the white dove which is the chief of the whole animal nature of every image bearing of all countenances and faces in the face of the earth of everything named in the heavens so this stuff is in the heavens and because of the stars that left their posts and the wandering of the angels wandering stars they're called in jude the wandering stars and so they need a place to bear their image and we bear their image and our countenance in our minds and be, become a reflection of the second heavens in the sourness or the scoffing or the bitterness or the lust or the pride or the religion or the greed or covetousness in the very countenance of the front of our souls instead of image bearing through Golgotha the place of the skull the death of the Lord Jesus which emanates the angel of God Yahweh the great I am through our faces it's a completely and totally different animal somebody said it's a different animal <laughs> We're a different animal. You know, God is an animal still. Lion of the tribe of Judah. God is an animal, which means God has flesh and he'll always have flesh. So he'll always manifest in different animals, clean animals. He comes as a white dove. The Holy Spirit is an animal. They say, no, he's not. Yes, he is. He is. Days of Noah where you understand forms and function and wisdom of Noah understanding how these bodies of flesh and blood mirror different spirits and different demon gods, different sins pertaining to different altars of different stars, wandering stars. So you have different image bearing and you can bear the image because you're still going to have flesh of the white dove and the lion of the tribe of judah and the lamb of god you have to get into the lamb of god and the glory of the lamb in order to restore your countenance to the image bearing of god out of the birds beasts and reptiles it's an elevation of transfiguration of the soul and the mind and the personality through the cross climbing zion climbing calvary changing our countenance from glory to glory getting mistreated because that is the place 
of the very stage of the universe and every angel in the heaven is watching you if you begin to take discipleship in the Holy Ghost seriously because your countenance will change from one degree of glory to a greater degree of glory by the Spirit who is the Lord, which means Master. The Master of the Force, the Master Jedi literally of this universe and all the power of light and energy in everything in the heavens and on the earth and under the earth is under the mastery of the Holy Spirit who is your loving Heavenly Father fully present upon you right now and fully in you anyhow. <laughs> Amen? in you, upon you, through you, and helping you carry your cross and other people who know the Holy Spirit and His Word and His will will help you carry your cross along the way. You're not doing it alone. There are many overcomers. Many. How many? Bible promises a billion. The great harvest of the end times are people that overcome the world. Greek word cosmos or wandering stars which means all about the restoration of the image bearing because a star is a light producer in the face in the countenance that's why people go totally mental because the head is controlled by stuff that doesn't go higher than natural physical creation which is the image bearing of the foul detestable birds so you press them with the cross and the word of God that crucifies the mind and the soul. Guess what comes out? Poison, offense. How dare you attack me with the real gospel and the sword of the spirit, the word of God. How many of y'all know that the Garden of Eden is still guarded by the same flashing sword, Jesus Christ, the word of God, and you ain't getting into the garden of his glory except through total annihilation of his word on fire. And it feels good because we love sanctification, because we hate sin and love righteousness. Therefore, God our God has given us the sword of the Lord Amen. to enter into his glory. And you are protected by the word of God. You are encased by the flashing sword. Therefore, nothing by any means shall harm you if you've gone through the sword, through the word, through the sheep gate, the slaughter of the soul and the mind and the flesh and the blood into the glory of the Father. You're in heaven. Satan can't go into heaven. He can't. This ain't Job. Satan's defeated at the cross. He can't go into the glory. If you're in the glory, you're in the safest spot in the world. If you're outside the glory, you're in the danger zone. Outside the city gates are the dogs and the sorcerers the practitioners of magic arts, the sexually immoral, drunkards, users of pharmacia, which is a reference to drug use, smokers of marijuana, doers of any kind of drugs, but does not include coffee or sugar for the for the little freaking Pharisees watching right now because that's what they always say. It's okay if I smoke weed, practice pharmacia, you drink kombucha or something. You know, they say the demon's always defensive. But it's a demon anyhow. Pharmacia is a certain type of sorcery dealing with mind-altering drugs, which is anything that alters the mind that you escape to instead of go through the sword to kill the animal and flesh desires for drugs and alcohol. Pharmacia will keep you outside the glory. Guaranteed. It must die. So then also those who love living a lie. And that's the list there in the Bible, in the book of Revelation. Those who love the lie. 
which means love living soulishly. Eek. There's a lot of Christians that like the lie. And that's why they eat low, terrible quality moldy manna on Sunday mornings from complacently satisfied worldly political pastors that are clueless as to the revelations of the glory realm. And Jeremiah in my Bible says, I'm like a drunken man because of those bad leaders. Amen? It's all scripture now. And in the glory, you begin to understand the word of God at Father God's level to rule this world while there's still yet animals. If those that reject the spirit of truth, those that reject the new Jerusalem of the bride of Christ, which is the total slaughter of the soul and the mind, to Christ the Holy Spirit, and they reject the metamorphosis of the glory, there is a demonic metamorphosis. The rising of both the living and the dead, there will be a resurrection and a metamorphosis of the dead, and a resurrection and a metamorphosis of the living. It is written. And we want to be on the living side, which means it's going to cost you all your sins. And people say, I don't have any sin anymore. Listen, man, listen, 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 listen. Sanctify your soul. So when the glory realm comes, what it does is it exposes all of the sins in the heart. Not so you can feel condemned and now oh, I'm condemned by your glory. No, it's so you can be cleansed by the glory. If you're full of pride and reject the cleansing, guess what? The sin gets seven times worse. That's why people turn into total antichrist when they're exposed to the glory in Red Letter, Red Letter Ministries. They get way worse because you've said no to divine metamorphosis and they think that there's like a plan B or C or D or other options. No, it's the mountain of transfiguration, Calvary only. And if you don't die up there with the Lamb of God, you get no glory for eternity. Father, I have given them the glory. Where's the glory? With the cross. The cross is the glory. John 17, I've given them our glory. The glory that I had with you before the world was. It is written. This glory is for our changing and rearranging of all of our thoughts, feelings, and emotions constantly transfigured into a different image bearing and during that transformation the dead things the pitch the tar pits of this world your sins your secret sins your likes your cares your wants all of that stuff gets burnt up and becomes a testimony of the word of god on your own personal island of patmos for you to have your own open heavens and to write things down so inspired so anointed that when people read from the process you've gone through, it will bring them into the process of Calvary by faith and the Word of God. So it multiplies. You ever been around butterflies during butterfly season? It's never just one. In fact, they have migratory patterns, and I've been in the middle of the migratory patterns during um, the migratory season of butterflies down in Sinaloa, Mexico, right in uh, Playa Ceuta there in La Cruz, and all the butterflies, 250 species, come through that place like a butterfly river. And you can Google it, watch the YouTube videos, because you don't have any grid for having a rainbow of butterflies of like 250 colors of wonderful transfigured metamorphosized worms that are flying like a gentle breeze and I'd stand up there on the roof of my property 
on Playa Sayuta and a river of 250 species would fly through me. How thick it was. They'd say, scientists, it'd be a mile thick of butterflies. A mile thick. And they're migratory. So we get the monarchs up here in Minnesota and a few different species, but down in Mexico, especially down by the Sea of Cortez, you'll see 250 species of butterflies flying through you and you stand up, you know, in a high elevation, it'll be all through you. They'll land on you, be a butterfly man, a butterfly woman. It's an experience. You go into the zoo, the Minnesota State Zoo, and in September and August, the end of August, and you go into the butterfly room. People are yearning for this metamorphosis. There's a desire in your spirit for change, but you have to understand the process. If you don't get the process and you reject the process, by default rejecting the glory of God changing you, you'll go into demonic metamorphosis and become hideous creatures of the shadows because there's only two kingdoms and both of them have metamorphosis. Both of them have a, a different change to the DNA. That's why the Bible says that sinners will go from bad to worse. It is written that is a demonic metamorphosis of those that reject the mountain of transfiguration of Calvary and they don't change into a greater image bearing of the Father's glory and they cling to control just like so many religious political Christians in our day that are rejecting metamorphosis, rejecting losing control to a Holy Spirit they barely know but have tons of information about from a hundred years of Pentecostal church age Christianity that doesn't even help you. It hurts you as mere information. And God is doing such a new thing now that if you are not losing control to the glory realm, you are going into a demonic metamorphosis called fear. Mm, truth anyhow, the Bible says that in the last days, many people's hearts shall fail because of fear. And people are choosing a metamorphosis of fear. They're choosing a metamorphosis of idolatry. They're choosing the resurrection of the dead instead of the resurrection of the living. You are making those decisions depending on if you harden your heart or soften your heart to the Holy Spirit each moment of your breathing life on the face of the earth. And the sons of God are the judges of God with a judgment seat of a white throne of God that are forcing this manifestation upon all nations. Many shall awaken unto eternal life. Daniel 12, 3, it is written, Many shall awaken to eternal death. Jesus Christ, red letters in the gospel. It is written. So just, I mean, we, we're just so clueless and we think like it's just all good and we don't have, you need revelation of the resurrection of the living and revelation of the resurrection of the dead because both are being cocooned depending on their posture to the Holy Spirit. And we're like, but, 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 listen, man, no buts. You keep your eyes on Jesus and morph into a wonderful butterfly. You hatch. 
and you'll be morphed again next season. This season you hatch into a glorious creature in a greater glory because you'll love the Lord more than ever. You're excited about the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. You're excited about what the Holy Spirit's doing. I don't care what the form is. I don't care if it's misunderstood by my spouse, my family, my kids, my, my business. I want the more of the Holy Spirit and I'm going deeper in the Holy Spirit and I'm going to change because I love the process of going from glory to glory. The metamorphosis is a constant, continual thing for every believer in this life. If anyone turns back at any point, remember Lot's wife written to believers in the book of Hebrews. You can turn back and turn bitter into a pillar of salt at any point by rejecting the metamorphosis of not going into a greater glory. If you shrink back and look back and take your hand off the plow, Jesus Christ said, you're not worthy of me. So sometimes we get deceived by a fallen angel, an angel of light of idolatry, an angel of light of the familiar idolatry of our families and other kinds of things in the natural realm that have the appearance of good and the appearance of wisdom and the appearance of responsibility. But when we touch them, we actually become a fading glory and our first love dies in our souls and we shrink back and our souls get filled with the fallen angels. That happens with almost every Christian after they're born again. It's some deceiving, cunning spirit coming as an angel of light, uh, coming as a Holy Spirit, coming as a Jesus, coming as a, a glory teaching, coming as a charismatic sound doctrine, coming as a Pentecostal thing that's been established for a hundred years in our denomination. And it just binds your mind to a place on the mountain that becomes a fading glory. A signpost of latter years and the moldy bread of latter years is what you're feeding on. But it's new to me. Well, it's not what the Holy Spirit's doing now. You need to be in what the Holy Spirit and the new thing he's doing right now. If they left the cloud by day and the fire by night, they left the group of Israel. They were no longer coming out of Egypt. They were dying in the wilderness. There was no exodus. And many died in the wilderness. It is written because they rejected the leadership of what the cloud of the Holy Spirit was doing today. What the fire, the pillar of fire by night was doing today. I, it don't matter if you walked in the glory at Toronto, at Azusa. It don't matter if you walked in the glory five years ago. It matters today if you're being controlled and led by the cloud today and the fire by night tonight. That's all that matters. If at any point the fascination, the childlike wonder of God and the sign of God, of the Holy Spirit and his excitement of the childlike excitement if, of uh, the new thing that he's doing in you, if you lose that, you have faded in glory and you've left the Holy Spirit. You've left your first love. And so we do need to say, Lord, hijack my body, take over my heart and mind and move me back into the cloud of what you're doing in the earth right now. Not what you did five years ago, not what you did five months ago, not what you did 50 years ago with William Brenham and A.A. Allen and Jack Coe, the ABCs of the Charismatic Church, not what you did with Ruth Heflin, not what you did with all the Pentecostal mighty men and women of God, not what you did during the church age in the sixth day, but what you're doing now in the kingdom age in the seventh day, what you're doing now in the new manifestation of Zion's glory, of the 
seven rivers outflowing from the menorah of the rainbow manifest glory of God from our hearts through our souls and our minds. I want to be caught up into the rainbow of the eternal day of the Lord and I want to be changed into expression of God the Father that never needs to change anymore. I want to be a permanent establishment and a habitation of your never changing glory, your never fading glory. Amen. Of the Spirit of the Lord resting upon me and never lifting because everything under the Spirit of the Lord is in full agreement with the seven spirits of God in total and complete obedience for the Father's pleasure in Zion, our promised land, the Father's heart, that city of our eternal light, fully represented now a city on a hill. What's the hill? Calvary. What's the hill? Zion. What's the hill? The mountain of transfiguration, the mountain of the Lord. All those things are the mountain of the Lord. All those things are real and symbolic and perfect and teachable and for wisdom and for revelation, for your understanding. Through all these things that destroy the mind of madness and gives us the mind of gladness, the mind of Christ rising as a bright morning star in our hearts. How many of y'all know intelligence is of the spirit, not the flesh? So in all of the preaching of the liquid manifestations of the Holy Spirit, the seven manifestations of the one Holy Spirit, it is to liquefy the soul and the mind for the outflowing of the seven spirits of God before the Lamb of God's throne, which is the witness of those who've carried their cross to be enthroned with the Lamb. In Revelation 7, there is a people group seated on the throne with the Lamb and then everyone else before the Lamb, which is our glory harvest. This company of the man-child company of the kingdom age with the revelation and the wisdom of the ages given to us by the teaching of the seven spirits of God has, has lifted us up upon the throne through the cross continually and constantly and completely killing the soul and the mind and its attempts to help the Holy Spirit let the Holy Spirit flow and stop practicing witchcraft out there chill out you are not helping the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is helping us just let him be God as you change out of Nimrod, out of the Tower of Babel that knows nothing, into the glory, breaking you off a little something something, <laughs> correcting, chastising, rebuking what anyone who has wisdom formed in them will come with seven pillars of government to correct the children of God. Since we don't have those pillars formed in us, we're always trying to help Wisdom build her house. Wisdom, you're not good at what you do. I'm the master builder. Have you seen the bathroom I'm building on the second floor? Straight out of the Taj freaking Mahal, man. That bathroom alone is gonna bring in the Bilderberg group to do an internship with Red Letter Ministries. Forget the five-star hotel downtown. Look what I built, and we love what you built. The Holy Spirit is a wise master builder, and we worship carpenter Jesus in this place. 
Hallelujah. Because he is a wise master builder and he has given you skills. And I'm telling you guys, he will hone your skills to be master builders. Solomon was a master builder. There was an anointing upon the building of the tabernacle of Moses. Each and every one of you are master builders. The apostolic nature that I'm imparting into you by the liquid grace outflowing through my crucified soul is so that you can become master builders. Amen? So you can be excellent in everything that you like and are good at in this world with no defects or flaws in the mastery of your skills imparted into your spirits and, and perfected by the fire of God through your souls. When the fire of God comes, what is given by God comes into excellence. Perfection. Those who are good at their skills will not work before common men, but will work in kings' palaces. It is written. And even though it's in the beginning stages of it in the kingdom age of the tabernacle of David right now that we bring forth as the manifesting sons of God, there is an impartation already of the excellence of the skills of God into your hearts that your minds are vaguely conscious of, but are a little confused because flesh dying and spirit living and angel of God and spirit flesh and I just don't have that much wisdom how to apply all this stuff practically into my life. I just kind of put it on the shelf because my spirit's not mature enough for solid food that keeps my spirit as the angel of God to build the house. This house is going to be built by the angels of God. And how many all know the workers at the end of the age are the children of the resurrection that are the angel-like sons of God? Amen? Yeah. <laughs> Say, I'm getting better at my job. I'm getting better. Yeah, I believe you. Uh, real believable. I don't know if you're even convinced or persuaded. I don't even know what my job is right now. I'm, I don't. I just watched Joel's bar. I know. How many of y'all know the animal is confused before it dies? When it's dying, it's still confused. When it's dead, wisdom springs out of the death of the animal. Proverbs 9.1, it is written. The fact that there's confusion, how to apply spiritual teaching, reveals that your carnal nature is not, in fact, crucified with Jesus Christ. So there needs to be a crucifixion with the Spirit, and the word, which is the wonderment of the Christian metamorphosis for the spirit to become the entirety of the person on the inside, that I'm not looking with mere flesh like deer in headlights. I'm looking with the eyes of my spirit built up through my crucified soul and my crucified brain. And my spirit is all that remains in Christ by eating the food of the crucified one. Amen. Uh, hallelujah. I got my my hunting glasses on today. It's always hunting season for animals. And the love of God is the cross of God that kills the beast out of your forehead, 666, which starts with financial obedience. And if you don't have that, there's zero chance of actual Christian metamorphosis. And Jesus Christ said that, not me. You in no ways can be entrusted with supernatural metamorphosis unless there is a financial obedience and sacrifice. 
How can you be entrusted of the things of the kingdom if you're not even faithful in the things of money? Jesus Christ said in the Bible repeatedly. And it's like, it's wrenching to our minds when the demon gets us afraid through Biden's inflation that how can we stay faithful in 10%? Well, listen, man, inflation didn't steal your offering. Taxes didn't steal your offering. The Holy Spirit's the same and never changing. What are you doing apart from the glory of God to be persuaded by the enemy in your money? That means that you are still managed by the devil and not Christ yet. That the cross is not a reality to your brain. That you are far from the cross like the disciples that were scattered when the shepherd was struck. Some disciples drew closer to the cross, the three Marys and John the Beloved. Why? Because their whole life, their investment of all of their time, sweat, blood, and money was in Jesus. Mary Magdalene didn't have an investment outside of Jesus. She's at the tomb. The rest of them went fishing, thinking about money. How am I going to pay my electric bill? with this kind of gas prices you know how am i going to feed my family if i just have a dead lord somewhere buried in a tomb and we make it practical today and we get offended but back then it's like you don't have another means of income amen you didn't have a way of eating you you, you would physically starve to death and die that's what mary magdalene was facing and so the other disciples had less faith or less options or more options. And so they went into business to make money to feed their own mouths. Whereas Mary company is at the tomb. I can't feed my mouth because I can't go back to prostitution or whatever. Whatever unholy thing that they were doing that there was nowhere place to go. I can't go back into darkness. I'm not selling my soul to demons. Mary Magdalene in whom the Lord drove out seven demons. I'm not going back to the seven demons. Whatever those demons were doing, I'm not going back to them. I'm going to stay at the tomb, and if my Lord is dead, I'm dead too. If you don't come to that level of conclusion, you cannot be a basic disciple of the kingdom of heaven. You cannot follow him, and you are not following him. You have not, in fact, picked up a cross yet even at all. And so pick up your cross and kill the demon in your neck and in your head and in your spinal cord and your bones and your brain that you've agreed with that says you can live without that level of commitment like Mary Magdalene at the tomb. Because that's not advanced Christianity. That's step one in becoming a basic disciple level one. Amen? That I don't have a plan B. I'm at the tomb. And if the tomb doesn't show up with the angel with the loincloth of Jesus all folded up nice, and I don't get instruction, and I don't have anything here, I'm dying with him. So you have to die with him in order to be his disciple. That's what the Bible says. Okay? So I'm not going back to fishing with Peter. I'm not going back to doing all this stuff. I am going to die with Jesus, and Jesus is going to be my excellence through whatever Jesus is doing in his resurrection form through my entire body. Amen? Amen. And so that's what, how you'll get perfection in your businesses, because Jesus is your business. 
Jesus is your your skill. Jesus is the possessor of your soul. In everything, do it with Jesus and you will excel in all things. If you are a house mom, you're a house mom with Jesus. Jesus is the house mom. If you are homeschooling, Jesus is a master teacher. Jesus is doing the teachings. And if you are not doing these things in the excellence as Jesus the master, you need to invite him into your situation and get better at it because you cannot be promoted unless you take your mess right now and let the mess of the messy anic messiah possess you and glorify your situation it's not going out where it's clean it's cleaning you up in the stable where he's born where the animal is where the dookie is where the piss is that's where the animal is that's us and he's born and he's born in birth right in the mess of our flesh and our blood in our bowels right next to the intestines and the the stable of your very stomach where your spirit is and he's changing you right next to the manure of your intestines where you pass out number twos when you go to the bathroom because it's a reference to being God inside minded and him taking a possession in us and not being offended by our uncleanness a reference to the animal stable is a reference to the possession of Jesus Christ birthed in you. And if you let him expand, he'll take your organs up into heaven, which is your flesh, and he'll transfigure you. But it's not some external fake religious clean place out there when I get better. It's in the midst of you right now in your stall, in your pig pen, uh-huh, in the donkey's manger. In the sheepfold. Sheep are out there, they're grazing, bah, and they're pooping, and they're peeing, and they're eating, and they're drinking, and the angels are meeting the shepherds. And we have this idea like, oh, it's just this clean, holy, sacred thing because we're full of a luciferine religious spirit instead of the wildness of the living God that takes his establishment in the midst of our mess and glorifies us from the inside out, and he's not ashamed to do it in our midst. He loves cleaning up the mess, all the degrees of our animalic mess, all the degrees of our sin nature 33 degrees according to the tent of meeting 11 goat skins 11 badger skins and 11 white linens jesus christ age 33 totally transfigured inside the tent the mountain of the lord our souls on fire in the holy spirit not shrinking back from what the holy spirit touches defending ourselves i'm clean i'm good i'm doing the best i can letting him burn us up from the floor up every single day glorifying our souls into a different expression of him than we know anything about it's getting out of control in the holy spirit sanctifier yahweh mechadeshim the lord our sanctifier the lord our sanctification how much does he sanctify us well until your flesh is matted diamonds until you're looking 20 years old and you're 800 years old he will continue to sanctify you in the midst of your mess as much as you'll give him space and a floor to thresh on if you say no to the threshing floor in your soul and your mind you'll go into demonic metamorphosis guaranteed You'll start to bear some expression. You might have had a glory. You might have had a revelation. You might be talking about Pentecost. You might be talking about the Bible. 
but you're a fading, dying glory because you didn't let him thresh different areas of your soul, even higher realms of your soul, even the brain and the skull of your soul and the bones of your skull and the bones of your bodies and your flesh. You did not let him thresh your flesh. He needs to thresh your flesh, your mind, and your hearts, and everything in it at a DNA, cellular, atomic, molecular level, and a threshing floor so thorough, you will no longer even resemble being a human being. Acts 9, Jesus Christ is in the flesh. Anyone that says otherwise is an antichrist. And he came down, levitating 20 feet off the ground, blinded Saul of Tarsus, and then went into his body as a light being. So that flesh goes clear, that flesh can possess people and shoot back up to the right hand of God in the Bible, Acts 9, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, or our ball of light levitating off the ground, whatever you got faith for. I'm into the ball of light stuff, the bright morning star stuff, because we have revelation of all the Pentecostal charismatic stuff, but we have to come out of church age revelation and go into kingdom age Zion manifestations of sonship revelation to inherit the promised land. We have to eat the fruit of the promised land. Joshua and Caleb are the promised land pioneers, the manifesting sons of God of this generation, going deeper into the glory realms than makes anyone in Christendom comfortable and revealing how far away from the throne we are in our complacent satisfaction every day and just being the bad guy. Oh, you're the only one that's right? No, all the sons of God are as right as I am because I learned this from Jesus Christ in direct revelation. And the 144,000 are in total unity of the brethren, even if their brains don't get it yet their spirit gets it now we got to just tell their brain about it and their brain will lift up their bones and their organs up into the glory cloud of Zion where they can manifest the seven manifestations of the Holy Spirit as a spirit of glory and be the manifest sons and daughters of glory seated on a cloud of glory wearing a crown of glory holding a golden sickle for a glory harvest of the nation in actual mature sonship of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Truth anyhow. <laughs> and we're exceedingly happy about it. I want to seal it with the scripture Luke 20, 36. For they cannot die again. Which means they've already died with him. Amen. A people who have thoroughly allowed the cross of the Lamb of God to grow in them. The cross is a, is a wood thing, a tree of life thing, which means changing your hearts, your natural realm. It's wood. It's real wood. It's a real tree with real fruit. You can eat it into your physical face and glow on the fruit. Okay? This is real. You know about an apple. You can eat a physical apple, but do you know about the physical fruit of light of the tree of life that's given to both sides of the river? Eat the fruit. Eat from the tree of life today. You are fed the word of God from the actual wood that doesn't decay. Eat it into your face. Eat it into your eyes. Eat it into your ears. Eat it into your five physical senses. Those that eat from the tree of life will have the immortal life of Jesus Christ. Those that reject eating from that tree, they're eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
outside the kingdom dimension of invincibility and immortality in the fading glory of the flesh in self-justification in self-preservation in self-promotion and then defending yourself against the tree of life those are fanatics red letter ministries is crazy this is normal sonship diet of anyone that transfigures into the kingdom age out of the church age this is basic food from the tree of life that everyone will have to eat or they will have a demonic metamorphosis truth anyhow this is all the fulfillment of scripture and prophecy of all the apostles and prophets of all time and it's for your benefit that you hear and understand this word and let it work a process in you and deal with the sin in your hearts the sin in your eyes the sin in your bones and the cross of Jesus Christ will burn it all out and conquer you with a root system, with a new circulatory system, with a new physical conduction of electricity based on the glory of the Garden of Eden instead of the fading glory of the stars of the second heavens. You get reworked at a DNA level. You get reworked at a cellular level. How many of y'all know when your flesh changes in the glory, you can't get a common cold anymore. You can't get sick in the glory. There's no sickness and disease in the glory realm. It's not possible. So we need to go deeper. We need to take our souls into it, take our minds into it, right through the flashing sword, the Word of God, which is true divine love, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, circumcising our hearts, circumcising our minds, circumcising our bones and marrow. Hebrews 4.12, it is written how the very guardian of the glory realm works and you get shredded as you go into the glory. That's why there's so few in the glory, because every part of the animal nature dies as you go into the glory. And the only part that remains is the part of you from God, your divine Christ nature. And you are the children of the glory realm, the children of the Garden of Eden, literally, physically, in that place with the physical manifest Shekinah emanating out of your souls and faces and the fire of God so strong that you're in a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night and every atom and molecule and element around your soul glorified transfigured living in heaven testifies to the fact this truly is a sanctified son and daughter of the living god which jesus christ said my father is an eyewitness of me John the Baptist spoke of me, but my father speaks of me. What does it mean to the, that all of creation is rejoicing around you? It's the witness of God the Father around you because you've melted the elements. Come on now. Normal Christianity. I make my ministers flames of fire, it is written. And the Holy Ghost is going to do it towards you. You are accepted into the school of the sons of God. And even if you drop out, the hounds of heaven are going to seek you and destroy you anyhow. You might end up with body parts like Jezebel and the hounds of heaven eating you because you got into the devil for a season. Nevertheless, the hounds of heaven of the glory and the sevenfold manifestations of the Holy Spirit from the city of Zion are going to eat your flesh. They're going to devour your minds and devour your bloodlines and devour your bones and there won't be anything left of you. Nothing can escape the all-consuming fire of the glory of God that the sons bring upon this world. Deuteronomy 4.24 
The Lord your God is an all-consuming fire, a jealous Father. It is written. Amen. Thank you, Father, in us for consuming everything around us with the jealous love of your glory. Anything that opposes your nature, we feed it as fuel to the fire as a sacrifice tonight. In Jesus' name. Consume us completely, thoroughly, and totally. When you aggressively reveal to us our shortfallings, give us a revelation so we're not condemned. A revelation to build us up in the great I Am. A revelation in which we can stand in the day of the Lord and not fall away from the glory, but eat our daily revelation, our daily bread of the glory, and go higher into the glory of the fire of our Father on the mountain of transfiguration the cross of our own personal Calvary, each and every one of us, in Jesus' mighty name! (laughs) Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. First Samuel chapter two. But Samuel ministered before the Lord. Obedience and carrying your cross begins at every point of teaching of every person in the New Testament with financial obedience. Bring your natural man and all of his ability to gain wealth into the glory of God as a cross, a trading floor of sowing where you're going to be growing. Giving into Zion, the Bible says that anyone that doesn't sow and give offering into Zion will have no rain, no glory, no metamorphosis. It's scripture. That's what the Bible says. So if we can't give our first fruits to God, then nothing in our life, as spiritual as we may seem, belongs to him. We're spiritual flakes, and God wants to make us spiritual rocks, like Peter, solid rocks that can obey him in the realm of the natural with all the increase of our house to go from glory to glory, both physically, mentally, morally, spiritually, and financially by everything belonging to our Heavenly Father who is not trying to take from us, but to resurrect us out of idolatry into his glory through financial sacrifice every season of increase in our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Give an offering, click in the links in the description in Jesus' name and be blessed as you give. Father, I pray a blessing on every giver tonight in Jesus' name and give by revelation. Don't go into debt giving. Give by the increase of the first fruits of your house and the first flutes of your house. Because it's a fun, celebrational, joyous thing. Just get your flute out. Amen. And play your offering flute for Jesus. And make it a celebration of increasing God's house while He supernaturally increases your house. 
the priesthood of Melchizedek, the scriptures say, just a little financial teaching to make you drool, because it will bless you. It will bless you big time if you can get it. The increase of the Father's house and the full-time ministers, the Levites of God, those set apart for true apostolic ministry. The Bible says, if you bless my house, I will bless your house. If you bless the house of apostolic ministry sent from the very presence of God, I will bless your house with my presence, says God. I will so bless your house as you bless my house that your house will overflow with blessings to be a light to nations of success by blessing my house best. And that is all written in the scriptures, revelated into your ears if you can receive it. You want God's house, the house of Moses, the house of Aaron, the house of the full-time priests that work at the very ark and altar of God, the apostles of God, the high priesthood of God. You want that house on earth, those set apart for full-time ministry, that house to be exceedingly blessed. Therefore, if you take care of that house, says the Lord, I will so bless your house that you cannot even contain the blessing that I will fill your house with, declares the Lord God Almighty from Zion. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing it, for all the cheerful givers giving by revelation into the glory of God today. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> glory! Oh God, of lying down in the presence. Your voice was heard. You called in that place of waiting in the glory. And you called Samuel. But Samuel did not know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. But Samuel heard in that place of waiting, oh God. Samuel heard lying down where the ark of God was. Samuel heard your voice in the presence.
Jesus. Jesus. I'm listening for your voice, Jesus.